Following a 12-win season, what do recruits perceive when they pick up their phone and see Dave Aranda's calling? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey folks, Drake here with Sikkim365.com, joined today by John Garcia Jr., the lead football recruiting analyst at Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube now. Check it out. Hit subscribe as well. And John, man, thanks for joining the show, first and foremost. I'm loving the energy, Drake. I feel like I got to like pump up a little bit and get ready. I feel like I'm about to run out onto the field. Let's do it. Dude, it's it's this Lacroix. It's what the I, that's three small. It's what the college kids are drinking now. I don't know what they're putting in the sparkling water nowadays, but it it gets you. It really gets you going. And man, there there's energy in Waco right now because Baylor's coming off of a twelve and two football season, a ten win turnaround from two and seven in Dave Aranda's first year, and we've already seen kind of the ripple effect in recruiting and what that's done to bring bigger names to Waco. John, for you, a guy that covers all 130-some-odd Division I FBS <laughs> football teams, when you hear Baylor Bears today in the recruiting realm, what comes to your mind first? Well, it's Dave Aranda. It's a meticulous nature in a, in a conference that is really not known for. It's You think of the Big 12 and you're thinking of wide-open offenses and kind of you know fun and gun stuff. But then Dave Aranda is this counter to that, where it's like a meticulous defensive approach, conservative offensively, but effective with physicality and consistency. And and I think that's what a conference like that has needed. And I think that's why there was such a quick ascent for Baylor on the field. And it is trickling into recruiting. You know, kids understand the structure there at a school like Baylor, you know, especially after this last year where Aranda – was a hot name in like every single coaching search. And yet here he is still in Waco. So I think that said a lot to recruits because everybody in multiple classes was paying attention to the wild coaching carousel that we all just experienced. So I think that also says a lot about what he sees at Baylor, what what the ceiling could potentially be there in Waco. But it is certainly a different approach than most in the Big 12. But obviously now that it's proven effective, sky's the limit. John. This question might be rhetorical, but most coaches see the slow progression into success. You go, you know, two wins your first year and then maybe six wins year two. That's what most people thought Dave Aranda would ascend to around the Baylor circle. Some said four or five wins to go from your typical, hey, six win year two to instead have 12. What does that do? How effective is that in recruiting or are the wins just kind of give and take and it's more your personality and how well you sell yourself? I mean, it's both, Drake. I mean, that's a good question. But when you do see such a tangible, quick turnaround, I think, one, it's a snapshot of modern college football. We can see these year to year now where because of recruiting, because of the transfer portal, maybe more so, things can change in very short order if a group buys in, especially coming off of, you know, the pandemic and some of the things that affected that that 2020 result. Things can change in, in very short order. But now that you've tangibly kind of been there and done that it really does change the entire feel for a school like Baylor you know this isn't Alabama Ohio State where there there's an expectation to win 10 11 12 games every single year but once you do get there for a school you know like Baylor it does change the perception and I think that carries most weight 
with recruits because these are the most impressionable demographics out there and the youngest, obviously, in terms of the college football lexicon. So it really does work twofold. And that's how you could start to see things snowball in really short order, uh, despite the perception that, hey, maybe Baylor isn't quite at that level. John, I want to go a little bit outside of the Baylor bubble to something that more applies to every team in college football, and that's in the age of NIL and in the age where the transfer portal is so prevalent. What you're seeing now is even your high-profile players like Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning are either going to redshirt a year or ride the pine for a year before they step into a bigger role because most teams are looking for a fifth-year transfer starting quarterback or starting, you name it, any position. How has that then changed how recruits view college football as a whole. It's become more of a tedious process where we're not seeing as many early verbal commitments. Kids are, are being more patient in the decision-making process because one, things can change in very short order. You mentioned quarterbacks, that's a great place to start. If you thought you were gonna be QB1 somewhere and then boom, like today, West Virginia gets JT Daniels and now all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe this isn't the same approach or quarterback room that I thought I was considering moments before. So things can change in short order. Uh, and then also, you know, with NIL, those presentations have started to change. The depth charts, the fluidity, all of those changes have impacted recruits in slowing them down. We did a big feature on it on SI, and, and this is the slowest maybe we've ever seen recruiting outside of the early uh, COVID uh, impacted year of 2021 from a recruiting standpoint, this is the slowest start we've seen a lot of schools off to. I think only three schools have double-digit commitments in the FBS at this point, something that we usually see uh, at a much earlier date in the calendar. So I think kids are a little bit more careful with making that decision, and they're looking for different things. It's not just about Saturdays or the crowd atmosphere. Stability, coaching staffs, and the head coach are becoming much more important in these decisions, another thing that favors a school like Baylor against most others. I like that. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. When it comes to Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, you mentioned the big names who have had continued success the last decade or so. You throw Baylor into that fold and you think, okay, small private college in Waco, Texas, that's known for shiplap and cupcakes, right? So how do you attract players to come play football in this city and for this university? Does this age of transfer portal and NIL somehow in a weird way benefit the small private Baptist school in Waco? It does, especially with the portal. You know, I think we saw so many successful transfers really all over the country last year. Baylor was included in that grouping. Uh, so you've already shown the path to playing at a very high level, national television, New Year Six, all of those things that were accomplished in 2021 transfers helped accomplish a lot of those goals so now when you are courting a college player looking for a fresh start now those are elements that you can sell relative to other schools that maybe can't sell as much playing time or at least the ability to compete for playing time right out of the gate and then with nil look private school means private business it means local alumni it means a whole different ball game for a school like baylor that we're still sort of learning about as we go, you know, NIL is less than a year old for everybody. So we're still learning a lot about the impact at schools like Baylor. But a lot of the private schools now after um, the, the public schools kind of had the brunt of the impact at the beginning, you know, your USC's of the world. Now we're seeing a lot more private schools putting things together to compete in the NIL game as well. So I think the, the, the niche of Baylor still sells, but from a wider perspective, 
the transfer portal in particular really enables Baylor to continue to compete at, at a level that, you know, certainly Dave Aranda and Baylor expects to be at, you know, right now. John, before I drop our first sponsor in here, my last question for you goes into the realm of Joey McGuire, a guy that Waco and Baylor itself had grown to love as a part of a coaching staff that stayed through different head coaches making their way in Waco. And Joey McGuire became kind of the recruiting mogul as a Texas high school football coach. What does it mean to lose a guy like that, especially to a conference rival program? I, I see those quotation marks there. Um, look, it's there's no way to sugarcoat that that it's not easy, right? It's it comes with success, and these are the things that if you want to be a successful program, you want to be a ten win program every year, you're going to deal with attrition in the coaching staff. It's just part of it. Now, it does hurt with McGuire's reputation in Texas, and we've already seen him tangibly succeed at Texas Tech. I think they have the most verbal commits in the country. All from the state of Texas as well. So you're, you're going to lose that angle, but there are several uh, coaches with Texas connections, of course, on the staff. But I think what makes this one different under Aranda in particular is that you've got reach elsewhere as well, which is not something we're used to seeing with the Baylor Bells. You're, you're going to go into the West Coast. You're going to go into the South, where Aranda has been a recruiting monster for a long time. That is where you start to say, well, we might not have as much Texas on this roster, but we might have more talent on the roster. And depending on who you talk to, that might be a good thing or a bad thing. But I think to compete in college football, even if you're in Texas or California or Florida, the big, the big three states, you still have to go outside of the footprint to accumulate talent. Look at any national title roster over the last decade, and there, there is talent from all over the country, even with, with schools that, are, that lie in, in very fertile states. So I think that could be a good thing in the long run. But short term, it certainly doesn't help when, when you lose a guy like Joe McGuire. No way to sugarcoat it. The figures are crossed that it is a good thing, John. And uh, for folks out there listening, what John and I are going to get into in this next segment is specifics on Baylor recruits who have committed, especially in the last few weeks, to the program and how they'll change the program. Fret not. John's not going anywhere. He's still here. But i got to tell you first about Athletic Greens. So our, our first partner today has a product I use literally every day. So and I start talking about AG1 because I started taking it a few weeks back when I started it Locked On. And I really wanted better gut health. I know I mentioned before, like, you know, I'm a college kid, I work a few jobs. And so I don't have time to like, you know, be active as I'd like to be. So AG is something that helps me keep that lifestyle without being in the gym for three hours a day, like the rest of my fraternity brothers who are jacked. So 75 high quality vitamins, you got minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. You didn't think you'd hear adaptogens on today's show. And you did. There's your 10 cent word. AG1. I consume it, I take it because it keeps me, again, saving time while still staying healthy. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're vegan, you're gluten-free, uh, you're, you're dairy-free, AG1 is for you. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. And it's important to do one that is high quality and it agrees with your body, right, that you can actually absorb. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health cheaper than your cold brew habit as well. So make it easy. Athletic Greens has given you free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamins. So uh, you get five travel packs as well with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash college, athleticgreens.com forward slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, Athletic Greens. Check them out. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, John, uh, hope you enjoyed your quick nap right there. Glad to have you back. Uh, I don't know if you got like a shot of coffee in that little minute break, but uh, really what I want to get into, a couple of these big names that folks at Baylor have been talking about, especially recently, one being Austin Novosad, who just got a nod from the Elite 11 Regional to go to the finals, a quarterback commit who may not have the most prowess at a national level, but just seems like a Baylor guy. Yeah, I was in Dallas, Drake, for that regional event, and Austin was the guy from the jump that you said, man, this kid's been really consistent today. And, and, and I think people need to know these regionals are not easy. It's not just, hey, 10 throws and, and you're good and let's let's pick who the prettiest quarterback is. No, no, no. This is a, like, 400-throw, four-hour workout uh, that is designed to make you uncomfortable. And the most consistent from beginning to end was Austin Novosad, and and it was not by a very short margin. It was by a considerable one. So he and Jackson Arnold, the Oklahoma commit, got the nod for the Elite 11 finals, talked to Austin afterwards, and, and there is this confidence about him. You, you said he's kind of like a Baylor kid. He's got that chip on his shoulder, but it's not eating at him quite at a high rate. You know, he's, he's letting it kind of stay there at bay uh, while he builds something that he knows could be special, which is really the extension of this class of 2023 but what i loved about his game was the consistency the efficiency and the footwork you know he's not known as a great athlete but again a lot of those drills were reversing to your weekend side throwing on the run throwing without being set with a strong base and that's where austin was still throwing with really high effectiveness and it obviously translates from friday nights where He's thrown for like 75 touchdowns over the last two seasons in the state of Texas. I mean, it's not the flashiest thing in the world compared to this elite quarterback class that everyone's talking about, Arch Manning and all these other guys. But like you said, Baylor got involved early. They locked in on him early, you know, to, to throw a sponsorship on the show. And they got him committed early, which was really, really important in this class in particular because there's going to be some schools that are chasing bigger fish that are going to be SOL at the end of the day because they're all in on, on kids who are looking at a very large group of schools. So uh, I think this is a great fit on both sides. And, and he, he told me, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to build this class now, even as other schools continue to call him and say, hey, you know, keep us in mind. With with Novosad's rankings here, he's number 22 quarterback in Texas, according to 24-7, which uh, that's 24-7. Sports Illustrated, I know, has him ranked a lot higher, <laughs> as he should be, uh, just outside the top 400, too. A guy who's on the teetering, teetering that four-star status. What makes a guy like Austin Novosad a diamond in the rough as compared to a dud? Well, I think, you know, when you're talking about the, the scope of this class, it's so strong at the top that it was almost an unfair advantage for any quarterback outside of the top 10 because the top is so strong with Arch Manning and Dante Moore, uh, Jane Rashada and guys like that. So there was always going to be a bit of a gap in building the depth of this class. But I was actually looking at the 2023 class that we're in now, comparing it to 2018, which was the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields group. And in that class, quarterbacks that were ranked in the 20s and 30s were legitimately solid power five college starters. And I think this class of 23 
has a chance to potentially reflect that group uh, of 18. And I think Novosad, you know, seeing him in person, seeing him work is, is really a ringing endorsement as to why. This class is absolutely loaded at the position. You could make the case that he's the number 11 guy in the country. And then others can say, hey, you know, he's more closer to 30. And, and you, you might not be wrong in either direction. I think that's an indication of how good the, the class is as a whole. And, and you know, Drake, in the state of Texas, it's, it's quarterback heaven. You need a quarterback, go to Texas, go to California, probably in that order. Uh, and, and I think that hurts him as well, being a kid from, from Dripping Springs as opposed to, uh, you know, South Lake Carroll or Lake Travis or Duncanville or, or North Shore, some of these big time schools that the whole country knows about. I do think that set him a little bit behind at the very beginning, but the production is there. He'll be a three-year varsity starter by the time he gets to Baylor, checking a lot of boxes that a lot of the most successful P5 quarterbacks uh, have checked. Well, John, I know we got to get you out of here pretty quick. Uh, I want to end with player Matthew Kloppenstein, probably the, the biggest, latest commit for Baylor, six foot five, 226 pound, tied in out of Scottsdale, Arizona. A three star guy that uh, he's a ninth commit, too. So Baylor's close to pushing that 10 limit. And another name that I'm not sure a lot of Baylor, the casual fan, probably didn't have on their radar. What do you know about Kloppenstein that would make Baylor fans happy? Well, he was the first tight end that, that Novosad told me about after the Elite 11. He said, yeah, I'm trying to get that guy. And obviously that worked. I think they both visited the weekend of, of April 2nd. What a fun study uh, Klopfenstein was. You know, this is a kid that is a modern, new age tight end who, who lines up all over the field. I'm talking out wide by himself in the slot at H-back. He goes in motion. He lines up at fullback as a lead blocker, does a little bit of everything at 6'5", 230 or so. But he really is a pass-first guy. He's, he's willing to block. He's willing to get physical. But he really wants to receive the football. I had a breakout junior year in that respect. Uh, and, and you can imagine with a basketball background at 6'5", that he can hit the apex, really go up and get it in terms of uh, playing the ball at the vertical point. Uh, so ridiculous, in fact, that there was one play where he was bracketed. So think of a gunner on the punt team where you've got a guy on one side of you, another guy on the other side. And they're just basically daring his high school quarterback to throw him the football because they've got two guys on him from the jump, eyes locked in, no type of zone coverage. This is literally two on one. They still throw the jump ball, and he still catches it for an easy touchdown. I mean, this is the type of talent uh, that Baylor has on the commitment list out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Again, another guy that's not from one of the big – huge high schools there like Pinnacle or Saguaro or any of those schools that everyone knows about. So maybe that hurts him initially in the talent uh, identification and evaluation stage. But again, a good find for Baylor. I really like the way the staff is evaluating. And, and obviously, there's already a connection between him and his future quarterback, which is never a bad thing. Gosh dang it, John. Why is it not football season? That you can't, <laughs> you can't say stuff like that like four months away from the season and not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. John, uh, before we get you out of here, I do want to take a second for the folks that are Baylor fans who may not have seen your stuff on Sports Illustrated. Where can the listeners of Locked On Baylor find you? Yeah, real simple. SI.com slash college. All our football and basketball content is right there. All the recruiting content sits there uh, as well as on SI All Americans uh, social channels, just at SI All American, wherever you uh, are looking. And my handle is right there because you got me taken care of here, Drake, at John Garcia underscore JR. Great. John, thanks so much for joining today. Anytime. All right. Wasn't that good? Oh, my gosh, man. 
dude, when I tell you, John Garcia Jr., check his stuff out, sportsillustrated.com. That guy is legit, like all caps, italics on the words. Speaking of legit, too, it's legit time to go to betonline.net. All right, betonline.net is your place, no, number one place, to uh, put a little, you know, legal fiscal uh, items on sports. And so MLB is in full swing. The NBA has like a play in or something going on. I don't know. I'm locked on Baylor. But go check out betonline.net if you need a place to uh, to get your sports betting fixed. So they have these online casinos too. There's live betting. You have wagering information, all kinds of stuff in this like full list of spreads and, and lines and I don't know, over-unders. Betonline.net, number one source for all betting sports and info. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. I know we're getting really close to the NFL draft. So locked on NFL draft coverage and Odyssey NFL mock draft special. Thank you for making locked on Baylor your first listen every day. And the big announcement to make this your listen Locked on NFL Draft Live, Locked on NFL Draft YouTube page, Odyssey NFL Mock Draft is the Odyssey and Locked on NFL Draft podcast feeds. You can see both of those, Locked on NFL Draft, April 28th, 29th, April 30th, Odyssey NFL Mock Draft, April 18th. All right, seriously good stuff there from John Garcia. And check out his stuff at sportsillustrated.com slash college now I want to get on a soapbox a bit for something that's been gnawing at me recently when it comes to the conversation of NIL and Transfer Portal and how it affects Baylor. Because I've heard a lot of people say it is going to create monopolies across college football that cannot be touched. And this only benefits the major schools like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, the ones we mentioned earlier. But let me say this. I think, I know. I will say as a statement of fact that the NIL, the transfer portal, benefits Baylor far and away more than it benefits those big schools. And here's why. Nobody that I can, like, who's the last kid, right, that said, I'm going to Alabama or Texas or Texas A&M or Ohio State as a culture fit. I'm going to a university that's going to make me a better man. It's going to build me for the future. It's going to turn me into someone who's going to be a productive member of society. And it's there's so few and far between. And here's why. They are recruiting five-star players. You're the number 10 overall player in the nation. And your first thought is, I'm going to go to Alabama. I'm going to go to LSU. I'm going to go to a big-time program, step in and be a star on the nation's biggest stage. And then what do those players do? Due to the transfer portal, they will transfer out almost immediately because they don't want to register. They don't want to ride the pine. They want to go somewhere they can play right away because they're not bought into a university. They're not bought into a culture. They're bought into me. It's an ego side of the sport that has a lot of big egos. What does Baylor do? They don't say, hey, Arch Manning, or hey, number one, number two quarterback in the country who's a five-star top 10 player, we want you to come to Baylor. They go find Austin Novosad, the number 402 player in the country, the number 22 quarterback in the state of Texas, and say, we want you. You're from Dripping Springs, right? When's the last time you thought, I'm going to go to a Dripping Springs game this Friday? No, people go to Allen, they go to Duncanville, they go to the big uh, South Lake too. But Austin Novosad is this diamond-in-the-rough type guy. And I'm using him as an example because I think it's so applicable that Baylor goes and finds him. He's a star at the Elite 11 in Dallas. He's going to be a star at the Elite 11 in Nashville, too. And Baylor knew it. They said, we don't need Arch Manning in a loaded draft class or a loaded recruiting class. We want a guy who's going to buy in to our culture. Jalen Petrie, 
Okay. I know he's used as this example so often as the guy who stayed, but think about this. He didn't stay for Matt rule. He didn't stay for Dave Aranda or Jim Grobe or Art Bryles. Jalen Petrie stayed for Baylor. When do players do that? When do they buy into a culture so much they decide to stay at a university that's going to make them a better person? It is so seldom, and the reason why is how many of these universities are strictly committed to making their players better people. So yes, you automatically, as Baylor University, shrink your recruiting pool so much when you say, do not come to this university if you're not committed to being the best you can be in every facet of life. And that's the best part of Baylor having that requirement of their recruits because it shrinks it down to this list of players who are committed to a university. Baylor's had what? Three scholarship players transfer out since last year. They are a 12 and two big 12 champion who won the sugar bowl with a bunch of three star guys. They built into five star caliber college athletes because they found the three star guys that were committed to culture. Three guys have transferred out. Only one of them, I would say would have been a contributor on next year's squad and at a position that's maybe underutilized in this offense that coach Grimes and Dave Aranda throw out there. So really of those three guys, you're thinking, dang, man, what is in the water? Why are these guys as a team, as a whole, so tight knit and put together when the rest of college football is falling into shambles through the NIL as players transfer around the block? I can tell you this. You cannot. There's just no way. I've talked to too many athletes, too many coaches who have said it. There is no way to bring in a group of 20 elite transfers and win a national championship. Because when the mesh is not there, when you don't have the chemistry, how do you build? How do you sustain? You just can't. But when you're Dave Aranda and you say, I don't care if you're a three-star. I don't care if you're not on anybody else's radar or if I'm crazy for coming after you and giving you an offer. I'm going to do it. Because I know you have the potential and you're committed. Austin Novosad, guess who's saying his name on ESPN? Nobody. There are flipping documentaries about Arch Manning already. David Aranda doesn't want that. David Aranda doesn't want a documentary about himself. He wants to find the guy who is building a career to have documentaries. Not a guy who had documentaries day one. And that is the foundation of Baylor. Not just Dave Aranda or Matt Rule or Jim Grobe or Art Bryles or whoever you want to throw out there. It's the university as a whole. That's why a guy like Jalen Petrie stayed on that. People say, too, like at Baylor, it's the, the small private Baptist college. You can't get millions of dollars in NIL deals. And they're right. You're exactly right. But do you want the guy who wants $2 million in NIL deals? Do you want the player at Baylor University who just signed a $2 million contract with Nike? Here's why I say no, because they haven't had that, and they've been more than fine. How many guys last year were signing million-dollar NIL deals? How many? Count, want to get your calculator out. It's zero. It's zero. But Baylor still, unlike a Nebraska or an LSU or a Clemson, Ohio State, Baylor still won 12 games, went to the Sugar Bowl, and beat the crap out of Ole Miss in New Orleans in front of 70,000 fans without million-dollar guys. And the reason why they did that is because they didn't have million-dollar guys. They had guys who put it all out on the field for their university, for their culture, for their coaching staff, for each other. And that's what Baylor's going for. 
That's what's going to help Baylor in the age of NIL and in the age of the transfer portal is because while everybody else, 20 guys are transferring out of these major programs, nobody's leaving Baylor, okay? And in the age of the NIL, people at Baylor are not staying at a university, playing at a university specifically to get money. You can make money through the NIL at Baylor. Yes. Can you make millions? Probably not. But that's the point. These guys are not here just to make money while playing college football. They are here to play college football for a bigger cause than themselves, and that is Baylor. That's what sets Baylor apart. That's the reason why the NIL, the transfer portal, benefit Baylor. And you may think I'm wrong. You may give pushback, but I'll say this. It is objectively correct when you look at the win column last season and see 12 and 2 from Dave Aranda and what he put together. Players aren't transferring out. They're transferring in to be a part of what Dave Aranda is doing. And that is how you build a culture that lasts. That is how you institute longevity is consistency in keeping guys in-house because they want you. Your players can't want money. They can't want NFL draft stock. They can't want to just up their status. They can't want their ego at the forefront. They have to want you as a university and to make a team better. And that's what Baylor recruits. They are weeding out the players who put their ego first. And that is why Baylor wins in the NIL and the transfer portal era of college football. Whew. All right. Deep breath. Yeah. Rain it in deep breath. That's just been, it's been eating away at me. It's been eating away at me for the people that say this is going to kill and bury Baylor because it's not, it's not. Oh, Folks, thanks for listening. As always, dude, John Garcia was amazing, right? That guy's awesome. And thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every day. Tomorrow's show, oh boy. When I tell you tomorrow's guest is the single biggest guest that we had on this program, I'm not even lying. You come back tomorrow, you'll see what I promised you. You'll be floored. Bigger than Evan Abair. I, I gave you that promise on Monday and brought you Evan Abair on Tuesday. This one's even bigger. Folks, uh, make your second listen. Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, bringing the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening today. Come back tomorrow for the biggest guest in show history. This has been Locked on Baylor. <laughs>